to the ether today is tuesday february 21st 2023 today on the ether understanding web3 art narratives with art to act and friends they had the first 14 minutes or so and then the space got rugged and then we resume probably 10 or 15 minutes into that next space so kind of missed a little piece there uh, but that's how it goes sometimes Let's take a listen. Why don't we start with you, since you were the first to arrive? Why don't you just start by introducing a little bit uh, of yourself? You are a gen artist, OG collector from it at Nunc. Uh, a lot of precious things you have been doing in this space. Yeah, tell, um, us, tell us more. You already introduced me quite good. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, doing generative art projects uh, as well as uh, artificial intelligence, uh, so like AI art stuff. And yeah, um, I'm doing it since two years right now. I'm doing it full time. And uh, yeah, that's nice. That, that, Lovely. That, that's what I'm doing. Perfect. Thank you very much for the introduction. Thank Why you. don't we start just uh, with a simple question, which is, as you have uh, all have been seeing in the past months, uh, different narratives uh, started to appear in the art space here on Web3, from open editions, the, the MEMS, the checks collection. For you as an artist, how does this affect your process and planning? You know, like, do you change your plan to incorporate new and current narratives? Um, so first of all, um, I'm totally curious about everything. What happens, like new in my in my surroundings, in in my yeah, in my field where I'm acting, and um, so yes, um, totally. I'm I'm checking out, checking out all the the new stuff that is coming in from ordinals like uh, to 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 checks to. To that whole manifold topic, and I tried um, open editions as well as well, but yeah, um, it's it's a point like I thought about like um, like what could you do like as an artist or how could you describe it or what ha what do you have to think about what points um, when it comes to that question? So like first of all, it's like staying relevant for for a lot of artists um, and then doing open editions and thinking about doing checks and doing that because like you know uh, the market or like the art market is moving that fast and um, yeah so um staying relevant is a big point um then reaching new audiences as well so like if you're doing an open edition for for example i did one i think it was during the christmas time or or short after christmas um i think uh so i so there were so 800 pieces were minted of my my work it was called blue christmas and i gained a lot of new uh, collectors out of it so it was totally positive for me 
So a lot of people said, ah, yeah, you know, doing an open edition with that size or like, it's just crazy and, and it's not good for your scarcity and everything. But I think, you know, um, we should try something new. If I, if I don't try new things, I will stay always uh, on the same path. Exactly. And, and yeah. And also like for me, it's like um, challenging uh, expectations. So like, um, um, you know, like I have to push the boundaries, doing something new, doing something uh, exciting. So like, yeah. But you also like, it's also the thing, um, staying true to your vision. And I understand totally people who are saying, no, that's nothing for me. I will stick to my, to my normal way of minting art or like releasing my artworks. Uh, I just do one once. I'm not interested in, in doing open, open editions. So like, so that was like everything that came into my mind when, when I was like thinking about that question. <laughs> nice nice and, and and for example uh according to the same narratives uh, uh, but as a collector do you normally buy um these current narratives and and if yes why you know just to how do you try to understand uh, the undervalue um, uh, of the piece that you are buying if it's overpriced or not how do you see this uh, as a perspective from a collector um, yeah uh, if i'm honest like i uh, I think I collected 27,000 NFTs like on Tezos um, in general. Like I started at Hicket Nunc at the first days when there was like NFTs on Tezos. And I always collected was, uh, I've always collected like works that touched my eyes, my heart, my soul. Yeah. And um, I didn't, I didn't went in uh, with a, with a strategical approach and checked all the values and what the people are doing and, and what their, what the track record was. And if they had some big works on other blockchains. So like I was doing that uh, in this way and I'm doing it still, still the same right now. But um, yeah, for all the people who like want to have like a guideline or something, I just made up my mind, like, how could you do that? It's like, first of all, research the artists so like um what, yeah what, what, what yeah i think uh yeah i have I, I i can hear you very well do you guys hear yeah i i can hear you well uh Richard. does anyone hear me i can hear you yes we can hear you yes yeah we can hear you now yes okay okay sorry yeah, Richard. Yeah, no problem no maybe problem. it was my so like um for my Maybe so like like yes. research the artist and 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 uh, like evaluate the quality of the artwork if it, if it's good for you or for your for your if it fits your expectations or do you like it or so like it's it's totally personal a personal thing and and yeah you have to set a budget like uh, shopping with full pockets uh, could hurt as well like um, yeah. So, like, um, there are some factors that you have to take into cons consideration, but yeah, exactly. That's that's what I thought about. It makes it makes sense. It, yeah, and and what you said on the beginning to try new things. It's part of your narrative too to be open minded to new uh, narratives that are coming. I think that's that's uh, that's great. Yeah. And also, for example, we we talked with different artists too to, that were doubting about whether to do an open editions or a checks uh, what would you say to artists facing this dilemma 
did you have any recommendation? I, I, I know that you have the open mind to always keep trying, but as an artist, what would you say to, to him or so to like, her? Um, first of all, I would check it out with my audience, what my audience thinks about it. Just do a um, short tweet, ask them, uh, what do they think about open editions or doing some checks or something else? So like you could check your audience first because like they are the most important people who collect your your art and are your yeah, your your um, your crowd yeah, standing behind you. And um, then you can think strategically. What are my goals like? Uh, what do I want to reach a wider audience? Um, do I want to be more serious? Like, don't do open editions. Like, like do do minor editions to to be like more special or exclusive. And uh, yeah, it's like uh, um, market trends as well. Um, you could uh, you you have to you have to think what the market or how the market is moving and 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 check that. And then first, so like 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 at last it's like the personal preference like yeah, it's your own decision what you want to do and yeah you have to decide uh, you have to take that into consideration as well beside the other arguments that i just uh said absolutely i think uh, i think uh, gaston is having a bit of a technical problem he might come in just now but richard i I completely agree with you and i think one of the things that web3 has brought is a deeper connection between artists and collectors and why not use it you know why don't uh, connect with the audience and ask uh, if that makes sense or not exactly that's a point because like you know so many artists are like asking me like new artists asking me like uh what what, what should i do right now they're just asking me these questions i said hey you have twitter you have like two three thousands or like you have followers on twitter or even some discord groups just ask your questions there they want they won't hit you yeah so like uh, like be honest and ask them and then you will get like an uh, hopefully uh, an, an honest uh, an honest answer from your from your crowd and then uh, you can proceed absolutely 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 thank you thank you so much uh richard for intervention of course feel free to uh if any of of, of the other questions we make to any of the, the speakers feel free to to jump in and and share your opinion okay. as well thank you very much for giving me the time thank you thank you uh ian can we go with you how are you doing Oh, I'm I'm doing uh, doing much better than last week. Uh, like Richard, I, I I had a bit of a flu, but uh, it's I've chased it mostly out the door now. Uh, thank you very much. It's it's been it's been interesting to hear Richard uh, speak about the, the the trends in that, and definitely a few points uh, uh, that that resonate and that uh, that I'd like to touch on or expand on. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here today. No, absolutely. And if you if you feel that there is something that um, that you want to 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 jump in and talk about, then we can uh, maybe do some of the of the other questions. You know. Okay. I I cannot listen to to Ian. Is oh, sorry, that was my fault. Um, it, it was. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, I can okay. hear you perfectly. 
very good. It, it was uh, very interesting to me. I was very happy to hear uh, the evolution of what Richard was saying, uh, initially speaking about um, uh, about observing what trends are happening in the space. I was a little bit uh, unsure of where that was going to lead. Um, but then to hear uh, it, it, the, the conversation come around to uh, um, not being afraid to try thing, uh, new things and, and remaining true to your vision, that, that's really what cemented it for me. Because I think for, for an artist, it, it, uh, it, it can really be um, a difficult task trying to chase trends. Um, because generally by the time a trend becomes apparent, the momentum which fueled it, uh, uh, it, it's often difficult to, to latch onto it as, as it's, as it's moving, uh, uh, rather than being one of the ones that was creating the trend in the first place. Um, it, it, it can be a, like a, and right here is where the space crashed and then we will resume. Uh, on the next space here. Have the bankroll to purchase something that's really expensive for most people doesn't mean that they know what good art is or doesn't it doesn't also mean that they should be able to tell you or dictate what you should do with your art or how you price your things. Getting input is a good thing. Getting perspective is a good thing. It's not that it's you shouldn't listen to people, but I and also some people have been here for a while, so they understand certain things that, that you may not. I, I, if someone's a new artist, right? So, you know, I think taking all things as they are is important, and it's not, you know, when you start focusing on sales, when you start focusing on you know numbers and and that sort of thing, I think a lot of artists kind of lose the plot. You know, you're you're out here to express yourself and to build a portfolio of work and to hone your craft and become better and better and better as a creative person. That's the journey. The sales and everything else in my mind is a byproduct. And I think I could be, you know, someone could debate me on that, which is completely fine. And I'm not like completely hard set on it, but I think there just has to be, there has to be balance in all things. And that's sort of how I look at it. I completely understand. Uh, Artemart, you wanted to intervene here. Go, go for it. I didn't mean to cut you off, Black. Just adding to that and just perhaps putting in perspective to what I've seen in the traditional art world is that I feel like in NFT, collectors have much more leverage than they should have uh, over artists. In the art world, you could have plenty of art from an artist and you perhaps will never get the chance to ever talk to him directly. Or even if you meet him, you might say hi and that's it. And he would never say thank you for collecting or anything. And and if anytime I collect something and people say, oh, I'm honored you collect my work. I'm like, no, 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 the pleasure is all mine. I'm the one, you know, liking the fact that I buy you art. There's no, no reason to thank me, honestly. Uh, <laughs> you're the one making great art. Uh, and I think whenever someone tell you about, you know, how you should price your work, etc., those are people that are looking to have an exit liquidity. They're looking to sell. And I've almost never sold any of my NFT. Uh, so that's why, you know, anytime someone asks me about the market, I'm like, you know, I have no idea what your market is at the moment and I don't really care at all. Uh, it's If you're talking with people that always are focused on prices, you're going to attract those sort of people all the time. And, and those person are not long-term collectors. You know, my, my strategy always been like at 10 years on, on NFT, it's not a, a two weeks, three months 
strategy over years and years. Uh, and I think, yeah, so whenever you, I think the sincerity of this advice is really to be put in question uh, whenever someone tells you that, what what is at stake for them? You know, I think it's the most important question. Go ahead, Black AC. Yeah, and absolutely. So I, I want to amplify that a thousand times. So I, I think that one of the challenges is, there's two different facets that are happening here where you have you have one one path is artists creating things and creating art like pieces of work that are the equivalent of creating posters or uh, prints or things of that nature where like people like them and they want to hang them in their house and they want to do whatever. But we don't have that type of environment in Web3. Like that's not what's happening. So then the other side of it is the traditional art world where there's a lot of money involved and there's a lot of influence involved. And, oh, you were you were at this auction house or you were collected by this person. That must mean your work is valuable. And there's that type of logic that's being played in at a, di- a completely different level where a lot of people are out here, you know, hustling JPEGs and trying to sell things for five Tezos or something just because they want to, they, they want slash need to make a sale. And the problem is, is that I think when it comes to, um, it's ironic that this would be part of the, the conversation because I talked about this yesterday and I also kind of tweeted about it yesterday as well. But I think that one of the challenges is, is that artists are selling themselves short in this space just to sell something. And they're not necessarily building value into their work. And and for me, I, I definitely understand how that feels because I, I've gone through that journey myself while in this space was like, oh, you want to make sales? What should I price it at? What's the right price? And what are my peers and people that are doing things like me pricing what they have at? But the thing is, is like, not everyone is coming into this um, brand new. Some people, like some artists, like, you know, Ian mentioned like Sam Spratt earlier and other people who have been, have been in the creative field, artists, um, professional creative fields and careers for a very long time. And you, and coming into this space um, just because you have a small, if you have a smaller account or if you haven't been collected or you're just first getting onto some of these other blockchains and you're, and you're trying to just make sales like that, that's a really quick way to devalue yourself and to devalue your work where your experience and your level of execution of expression and things of that nature are able to be at, at a high tier and just because uh, you may be new or just because you want to make a sale isn't necessarily a reason to have a low price point. And I also think that when collectors are talking to you or even if you know, after you do make some sales, I've had almost every collector that I've had a conversation with. I think a lot of it's very much so um, relationship building and building rapport. I've been in sales and BD for a really long time. Like I understand how to do that and how communications operate. Like I, I get that side of it. And it's very, very, very similar to that. But the thing is, and that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But the, the thing is, is that I have had different input from almost every single person who has purchased my work has given me different input. And it's like, for starters, like their opinion is valid. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it also doesn't mean that that's, that's the truth either. You as an artist have to operate under what you believe 
is one, valuable for your work, two, accurate to what you're trying to achieve, and three, takes you one more step down the path that you're trying to go. And looking backwards at what collectors have said to you or trying to uh, devalue your work just to make a sale, I can tell you, if you if you think something is worth $1,000, but you sell it for $100, you, won't, you will not feel any sense of fulfillment from that whatsoever. I can tell you, like, it's not going to happen. And so I think like the way that you operate as an artist in this space, like you have to do you, you also have to have some relativistic understanding and perspective on where you sit with other people as well. It's important to, to know yourself, to know what your value is. It, it's not, it, there's no special formula for it, but there is a matter of perspective you have to have too. And I think that that's important as well. You have to take things into consideration, but what one person says about your the price of your work or where you're at or how you're minting or how many editions or whatever is not the holy grail. And a lot of this stuff with open editions and things like that are just facilitation devices. They're not that they don't really, in, in my opinion, they're not that, that a lot of people look like, Oh, I'm going to do an open edition now. And that, that somehow changes your work. That doesn't make any sense to me. It, it is, it's your work first and foremost. That's what matters more than anything else. Prices, um, additions, uh, these different mechanics, sales, collectors are all secondary. Those are all secondary things. You have to bring it with your work and what you're trying to achieve first and foremost above anything and all else. And then after that, those other things can start to play a factor. Yeah. And I think as well that, you know, in the traditional art world, there's so many ways to have a successful career beyond make, making sales. Like I know some artists that are in some of the biggest museum collection uh, I've shown across the world, exhibited across the world. And yet, they don't really sell in the gallery at all. They make a living out of an artist, but don't really make a living of the collectors. They, 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 they get public support, they get support from institution, and that's where the guy is at. The problem is with NFT is that people, only measure of success is their sales and their floor. Uh, and it's, perhaps that's because that's the only on-chain thing we can track. Uh, you know, I've, it's funny because when I started working in blockchain and art about like eight years ago, the entire discussion wasn't about digital art, it was about physical art and provenance tracking to blockchain. And nowadays we realize that provenance is barely valued in the space, honestly. It's not because a, a, an edition has been owned by a really famous collector that is going to sell for more. Uh, a work that has been exhibited in NFT NYC, selected by a dozen of different collectors, uh, curators, sorry, and shown across the world, doesn't get an increase in value whatsoever, uh, which is odd. Uh, I think, you know, there's plenty of way to valorize art, one of which is exhibition history, provenance history, uh, the fact that they are get mentioned in books and other academic works. Uh, even if you look at the recent uh, donation to the, the, the Saint Pompidou, you had that, for example, Romness. I don't think we've seen a spike in the, in the volume of sales of Romness because of that, but it really should have because that participates in the value in the, in the cachet of the artist. And perhaps only seeing it through the, the scope of sales is really limitative because there's so many much more to it to a life of an artist than just making sales to characters. There's many ways to have a successful career as an, as an artist uh, than just making sales. Same thing in cinema, you know, you can be a really successful independent film producer. You don't need to make a 800 million box office blockbuster to, 
to be recognized as a cinematographic genius, you know. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, there's, there's the lack of diversity of perhaps institutional support, academic work, and, and just the valorization of the work of curator in general is something that is lacking the space and that should provide value to artists and that has yet to be recognized. Do you do you think this is because um, the general contemporary art sector is still yet to come in 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 the web three art space? Do you think that is uh, the main cause of not taking these these variables into account when valuing valuing a work mm. <laughs> or an artist's work? Let's say? You know, to be honest, the the, the traditional artist has yet to include. Uh, brute art or street art within the collection. So to be involved in, in, in Web3 art and NFT, I think we still have decades uh, to wait for. Uh, and it would be, uh, would be honest honestly, to you know, put the blame on them. I think we, in Web3, we've shown that there's enough uh, philanthropic initiative so we can build this own sort of value proposition. But I think it has anything to do with just the fact that those information are not trackable on chain and that people value the chain aspect because that's what, why the blockchain is here. That's the value proposition it offers. Uh, so the only thing we can track is sales. So it's perhaps only logical that this is the only things people value in terms of, of data. Uh, but even I, when I do estimate for works I put up in auction, I don't only consider, uh, you know, uh, quantitative factors are also considered qualitative factors. And I think those qualitative factors are, you know, they need to be on chain perhaps to be to resonate with the character base that operates in NFT. Uh, we can see it sometimes with PFP and collectibles when they announce, you know, partnership with big brands, etc. None of, none of this is on chain, of course. Uh, and it gets valued and it should be, I think, it's just a matter of, you know, Perhaps academical work is yet to be recognized in the space, and people are, are more to just like you know overly positive and say, "Oh, this is great," and don't have really any argument of why of why that is great or not. Uh, so it's not about gatekeeping, you know, but it's more about just elevating perhaps the debate uh, into something that is more intellectual and just you know seeing things beyond the scope of sales. And perhaps if there is more residency from Web3 projects starting out, perhaps if there is more, uh, you know, curator that can earn a living in the space. Uh, you know, I've worked in many events that sold tickets for several thousand of dollars uh, and they would and they would act all surprised and, uh, and, and even offended whenever I asked them to be paid for my curation or just even to finance the production of some the asset for, for the show. Uh, with the argument of them offering visibility, uh, which is a lot of bullshit. So, you know, I think it just, it's just about paying, uh, making so that people that does this heavy lifting of, you know, right click Sevas, for example, the magazine that does amazing article, uh, all those news outlets uh, need to be more recognized and have perhaps more influence, and and they do in the traditional art world. You know, characters have much less influence in in the, in the traditional art world that they have in NFT. Uh, you know, uh, publish special press, uh, uh, museum, uh, uh, even more regional things. They they have a lot of influence, and those players don't really exist in the Web three. 
And I don't think we should expect them to come from the Tradart into Web3. I think we should just make them ourselves and value those, you know, to their to their worth, honestly. Very, very, very interesting points. Ian, you wanted to to talk, uh, to say something. I, I just caught you, but uh, let me know if uh, you still... Uh, sure. I, I, I was really appreciating uh, all of the uh, wisdom that was being shared. And, and when it comes to... I, I simply wanted to add that, that uh, with, uh, with collectors and, and that... Um, and the evolution of, uh, of of the space and the valuation of pieces in the space, um, what uh, what Arthur Moore had to say is and and Black, uh, it, it's really on point. You know, collectors, uh, we can offer individual opinions on things, but when it comes to predicting what will succeed in the space um there uh, i was uh, happy to hear the mention of of, uh, uh, of cinema because there's a, a really pertinent quote uh, in hollywood that's decades old that relates to predicting the success of the potential success of a movie that's about to come out and that quote is nobody knows anything um, when it comes to, uh, because you, you know, you, you can have a blockbuster hit from an indie film and you can have a flop that cost a hundred million dollars to produce. Um, and, uh, the, 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 the complexities of, uh, of, uh, what, what story arc, uh, is, is in the public domain about, uh, an artist or a movie, um, what, uh, what population is interested in and aware of them, who, who's invested in seeing where that, that goes, you know, there are, there are too many, um, too many variables for any any single person or even group of people to to be able to predict how is something going to do and so this is this is why it is uh, sure by following a model that has worked more often than not some people may be able to emulate more often than not uh, the the kind of outcome that was was realized uh, with, with some some failures along the way but really what it boils down to for for the artist is the, again the importance of doing what is true to them uh, because if they're doing what is true to them and what resonates with them what speaks to them uh then it's not time wasted uh, like black said the the the, the art is um is, is the is the product it's the it, as well as the journey um and if you're not uh focused on the art then then what are you doing uh, <laughs> absolutely absolutely thank you so much ian um i think it's now time to to introduce Caio, Caio from uh, Vivart, um, which is uh, part of HTC, and they are welcome, Caio. How are you doing? Hi guys, how are you all? Very great discussion here. I just got my. I think my audio is a bit rugged, but we we hear you well. We hear you well. Yeah, I'm listening to it on my computer and also on my phone because I think don't, sometimes don't worry at all at least from our side we can hear you quite well 
Okay, great, great. Nice to meet you, everyone, and and thank you, Tomas and Art to Act for the the opportunity to to join today. It's a pleasure having you here. Can you tell us a bit more about well, you know, HTC and um, we? I think we all know a bit the technological power of HTC, but uh, I think it might be quite interesting also to understand the VivArts and um, how do you see yourself fitting into the current art space. I think we, we had a great discussion regarding that right now, and so it would be very interesting to understand your view coming from some, a company that, well, it's quite, quite big. Yeah, actually, uh, it's a very interesting point that Artemord was making earlier. Uh, and also some of the issues, even I'm not an artist myself, I'm just a community manager, but that's also some of the issues that we face when building up the collection and an NFT collection with the artists and also uh, building the community here at Vive Arts because uh, one of the main things, uh, and if I may say also some of the main issues of working a Web2 company is that they are uh, we they might be always asking, oh, how can we predict that this collection would be successful or how can we predict the, the results? But even I cannot say I'm an artist, but even for me, it's hard to say, oh, it, this collection will be successful or this will sell out because these are some of the results that they seek but in the end it's not it's not up to us to predict but it's really how the how the market is going to receive it and and even collectors so i think it's a mix of uh, a lot of different factors that we are still trying to understand until now in this news in this new space that is not so new but still very very new for us i understand i understand i understand well i think we 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 learn a bit every day in this space right uh, and it goes everything goes so quickly um you know uh, you you also work in vivarts onboarding Web two or traditional art market talent, let's say to towards Web three. Uh, could you explain a bit what what issue do you find, uh, uh, or like what complexities do you find for artists that want to enter in the Web three art space? I think Artemort pointed out a bit uh, considerably well the the, the different uh, different variables that each space has and uh, where it is right now. But I wanted to hear your voice. Oh, sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't hear very well from your from the beginning of your question. Could you help me to repeat? Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, regarding the onboarding uh, uh, artistic talent that is not yet in Web three towards Web three, I wanted. I was asking you regarding what what complexities do you find that artists deal with and. Uh, and how you try to mitigate them, let's say. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so basically, I think for uh, Web2 artists entering the Web3 space, uh, that's something that is very interesting to see, not only for the, the, the community aspect that they actually uh, get to build a new community of collectors and and followers that can give feedback on the art or 
have a direct channel like they they also mentioned earlier in the in the space here uh so maybe sometimes they expect something that is very web too which is i am as a creator i give you my art and you receive it and that's it but so they expect that but in the end what actually happens and what people uh sometimes it's very well received but sometimes not because people don't like uh too much feedback but what happens in the when they come to web3 is that for sure we we have like a deeper connection with the artists uh and and by having that deeper connection uh from the artists to the collectors that gives them the the, the ability to if they're doing an NFT collection, perhaps to improve things where they would never hear from anyone else if they were launching it at a gallery, for example. So this is an aspect that helped us a lot and also the artists to understand this new uh, space that we are uh, building in. And also is something that Christiana, which is the current artist that we are working with for heading the clouds, uh, for the heading the clouds collection is experiencing. So yeah, I think it's uh, okay. uh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, also, uh, I, I think it's important because uh, I think there's a lot of talk about women representation, and we talked about this together the past week. Um, uh, how are you approaching this? I think uh, can can you explain a bit more regarding that? Uh, sorry, Thomas, I couldn't I couldn't catch your question again. Perhaps if I rejoin the space oh, and can, uh, can can you hear me well, uh, Caio? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay, you were talking about uh, Christiana and. Uh, and uh, I I caught a bit about uh, I was talking a bit about uh, the woman rep women representation in the space and how to increase it and I was asking you regarding that and regarding maybe uh, Vive Arts plan to uh, to 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 focus on this uh, on, on this problem that uh, that is still exists. Oh, right, right, right. I think, yeah, I think, can you guys hear me well? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, this is uh, also something that I think it's another interesting aspect of building uh, Web3 communities with artists because we cannot, we don't only bring it to to the narrative, which is the online narrative, but we also bring it to offline and we expand those uh, collections to uh, exhibitions where they would, for example, uh, uh, try to improve women representation or non-binary artists in the XR industry or the VR industry. So that means that for us uh, as Vive Arts, we don't only have only the responsibility of uh, for sure launching a great collection and and expanding artist mediums uh, into VR and uh, NFT, 
but that also helps us to bring this uh, female artists that we work with to new audiences and and also yeah be in for the cause i don't know i think no no none of you guys know but for example the vive arts team uh they're all formed by by women i'm the only guy in the team <laughs> so for us uh women representation in the space is is very important and even as a man i think that's something that still has a long way to go but i really really like and would love to see uh more projects uh launched by 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 women and and the minority because i think that's what the web tree space is in for thank you so much thank you so much Kaya. uh um I'm just now, uh, before going to the giveaway that uh, that I will let you explain, Caio, I'm just uh, uh, going to give room to Ella because she uh, there was a request. I just wanted to give voice to, to all speakers before approving it. And Ella, you are a speaker now. Do, did you have a question? Do you want to share something with us? Uh, you are you are muted, but you can speak uh, whenever. Well, that's really kind of you. I've I've been enjoying the uh, conversation so much, and I saw a few faces in here that are obviously friends. So I thought, well, I've got to jump up and join in, right? Um, fascinating conversation, and lovely to hear from you. Um, really interesting to get the perspective from Art the More as well. Um, I put my hand up originally when we were talking about trends and that tension between you know, wanting to do something that connects with the audience around you, um, that sort of fits in with this kind of collective enterprise we've got going on here and being true to yourself. Um, I think Black covered it really, really well. You have absolutely got to focus on making your art that says something that you want to say. Um, now, we've all faced artistic block. I'm, I'm kind of going through it today, for example. I'm like, I cannot say what I want to say. I'm getting frustrated. Let's go on a space. And that temptation to to jump on a trend, I think it's very, very understandable. I think it's it often comes from a good place. Um, a lot of people in the space do just jump in because they want to make a quick buck. And OK, fair enough. They're trying to feed their families, whatever. But I think there's more to it than that. I think sometimes when people jump into these trends, it's it's a feeling like you need to connect with what's going on around you. Um, certainly, I've been making art my whole life. Um, I'm in my late 30s. But in the last couple of years, this space has given us the opportunity to connect with like-minded people all around the world and be part of a real community. Um, in a very kind of immediate way, we can talk every day, we can share work, we can share feedback, we can see other people's work in a way that we simply couldn't do before social media. So. I think some of this trend-based behavior is actually very understandable. And in some ways, I think it's healthy as long as you don't let it dominate your own narrative, because it's good to connect with other people. It's good to reflect the world that's around you. And part of that is social media. Now, I say that as someone who, who really has stayed away from a lot of trends, like, for example, I made a statement, I'd never do Pepe. Um, and that kind of taps into another side of the space, which is meme culture. Um, meme culture is obviously very, very important. Um, and I totally kind of get why people want to do it. Personally, it's not for me, but it, it kind of makes sense. It's about being part of something together. So anyway, I'm sorry for rambling on. Um, <laughs> fascinating conversation, and I totally need to get to some more of your spaces. Thank you so much for letting me up.
No, no, pleasure having you. Uh, and uh, no ramble. You, you, you were very concise and very, very interesting. Uh, Black, go for it. Ella, it's always a pleasure hearing your voice. Um, I think it's really interesting. Uh, something I would kind of wanted to step back towards was uh, something that Ardemort was talking about in terms of, um, you know, the NFT side is not the only thing that you can do. Um, and what I sort of interpreted that to mean and, and what I've what I've been thinking about myself is really um, different types of distribution for your art and trying to think about it like you know everyone's and everyone here obviously we're on twitter using this right now we're all on twitter you're in this game of of um engagement and gmgns and and all of this happening on different marketplaces and getting in front of collectors and like this whole world but that is just one small facet like a lot of other avenues still exist and i think that while you can't explore all of them it's important to at least uh, consider or to look into um, some that may help you either grow in revenue or do other other things, such as even just um, you know building out um, a working with like a, a drop shipping company to do prints or to go to a local coffee shop and talk to them about hanging your work. Or there's like these things that are still available for artists to do that are not just in this space alone. And I think that we we kind of lose ourselves um, in this space really often and get lost in a lot of these mechanics and all these different things and burning and open editions and whatever's happening, whatever the topic du jour is. And I, and I find that that's, it's a good thing and it's fine uh, to a certain extent to, to know about what's happening. But at the same time, there's also room to expand outward and to think about um, ways to either collaborate or work in different industries or do things like that. Um, and just finding something that resonates with what your work is and, and how you want to do that. And I think that's also another path that a lot of artists in this space seem to forget about or not be aware of or, or not really think of. And so I just wanted to kind of highlight that because I, that's something that I've been looking into as well. It doesn't mean that you give up on one and go to the other. It just means you have to diversify. I think that diversification in this space in terms of what you're putting your time and effort into is really important. Um, I say this after, you know, Twitter went down a week or two, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, if, if that had stayed down or if something happens to your account, I, you know, there was a couple of people within this last week who've gotten suspended for, in my opinion, no reason and things like that. And like you don't like you put a lot of effort into this space. I know I do. And the fact that I'm not diversified um, on other platforms and building other methodologies and pathways um, is something that is concerning. And I, I don't ever want that to be the case for me. And I certainly don't want to see other artists go through that. And so I think that it's, it's important that we diversify what it is that we're doing and think about things in multiple ways. It doesn't mean overwork yourself or do, do too much that you can't really achieve. It just means find, find another path as well you can run at the same time and start to think about like ways that, that you can begin to grow revenue or even get prestige by going to local galleries. Just went to a local gallery um, a, like a, a weekend before last um, here in Seattle and talked to them about a show. And like, there's things like that that exist that you don't necessarily need the NFT galleries or these different contests or whatever the blockchain of the day is or the mechanic of the day. Like that, that, that stuff is in this world and that's what we're all here to build. And that's great. But at the same time, it's not the only thing. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that for people. And, you know, it's okay to, to diversify what it is you're doing and probably a good idea to do so.
Absolutely, I completely, I completely agree with you, Black. Here, because uh, also I think this space has a lot of speed, a lot of information coming every second, and this generates a lot of noise. You know that can confuse us. You know, and uh, think that this is the only, the only in in Spain we have uh, this expression, the only Coca Cola in the desert. You know, and it's not. You know, there are different paths and there are different things that. Uh, that we can do, and uh, we should acknowledge that. Uh, I think uh, um, first Anna was uh, to speak, and then Ian. Uh, Anna, welcome. Uh, feel free to to share your thoughts. Happy to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for accepting the request. I gotta say, uh, this was such a really important conversation in this space. I really loved uh, listening to everyone's um, uh, feedback and what you had to say. And I love that you put so much emphasis on the fact that we should be ourselves and not follow other people. Uh, I did have a, a, I wanted, there was something I wanted to point out. Uh, for example, I think, I can't remember who it was, but saying like not so much to follow the trends or for example, like the editions. But for example, I have to say for uh, that in my case, um, I hadn't, I haven't sold uh, uh, a one-to-one a one -one since April last year. So if it hadn't been for the editions, it wouldn't have made sense uh, to keep working so hard uh, in the space, I guess, because it wasn't, I, it wasn't, I wasn't getting any money to survive, if that makes sense. So editions in a way helps me help me to make some money to survive in the space and i love the space and i truly believe in it but at the end of the day so many of us have to put the food on the table you know and uh, and everyone yeah and everyone that's here knows how much work it takes every day uh you know it's not just making a post it's more than that but i am truly grateful for everything that the space has provided me in terms of galleries opportunities of meeting uh, so many like-minded people which is something that never happened on things like facebook or instagram where it felt a bit more like competition instead of you connecting uh, to people so i'm really grateful for for everything and I, I gotta say, I really like the, the point that Black uh, just made. And it's actually something I was uh, talking about in a chat uh, uh, today with other uh, friends, where uh, I was trying to say that, you know, even though we are grateful for this space, we also need to start thinking about other places where we can show our art and put our art, art there. And this is something based on what someone said to me a few weeks ago where i think it's the the saying goes like uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket please correct me if i'm wrong but try to diversify where you show your art and i think this is what so many of us need to start to put uh, doing because i can see so many artists are uh, leaving the space because they are so overwhelmed and feel like they're not being seen they are invisible but i think is the the key is to be here but also in other places we can't just be focused on one single thing because it really dra it, it drags uh, our uh, sorry our mental health just gets uh, a bit depleted right if you're doing the same thing 24 uh, 7 
you're going to be, your mental health is not going to be the same. So try to put your focus on other things. Start even creating, getting out of Twitter. That that would be my biggest advice. But I really love this conversation. Everything that you guys said from scarcity and, you know, just following our art. Those are, are things uh, that I truly believe. And uh, sometimes that we forget. We forget that we should be doing ourselves because our art is our expression of our souls and no one else's. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. I think you were on point uh, and uh, and I do think that is um, very relevant what you said uh, Ian you wanted to uh, to add uh, to add something uh, yes th thank you very much uh, what what Anna had to say is is really on point um, the reality is is that so many artists in the space you know the, they whether it is uh, that they're in the uh, the epicenter of things that are happening happening with the humanitarian crises in Turkey or Syria, and that art sale is is what helps the, what's helping them get back on their feet, or whether they're elsewhere in the world and it's putting food on the table or keeping the lights on. These are the things that 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 are uh, unquestionably strong motivators for, for, for many people in this space and the, the nature of this platform being one of the main uh, spaces in, in which we communicate, uh, it can be, it can take uh, a toll on mental health and emotional health. And so what Ella was saying is of paramount importance. You know, if there's if there's something that that speaks to you, a, a movement that's happening, and your engagement with that is uplifting to you, and building that connection and that sense of community, that that really you just do it. Um, if it's if it's boosting your mental health uh, to to engage with with your with peers in that way. Uh, reach out and and connect with others here and at the same time if too much time here is taking its toll uh, definitely you, you need to step away and and uh, um, stop the equivalent of the the artist or collectors the web3 equivalent of doom scrolling and and just going through um, an endless string of well going deeper and deeper into the the plethora of, of rabbit holes that can be found here because there are more than any one of us could explore in a whole lifetime i'm sure um and uh, it will take as much time as we throw at it and so it's important that we uh, preserve some of that time for ourselves uh, so that we don't entirely deplete ourselves and th that can involve as anna and black have said um having uh, your your toe in many waters, not having all the eggs in one basket, and and uh, focusing on things that feed the soul. Uh, yes, in the space with with community and connectivity, but also outside of the space and uh, uh, metaphorically and and literally uh, touching grass. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we also, you know, we tend to get um, a bit tunnel vision when uh, uh, when and when being in the space uh, and when comparing ourselves to an artist or someone that made it, let's say, 
and without really knowing beyond Twitter all other endeavors and all other paths that took this person to this place. And I think this is something that we have to take into consideration as well. Black, go for it. I'm just going to say, um, I suggest that we, I see Chun-Li uh, requesting, we should definitely let her up. She is always super high value. And I think she would be a great, um, great addition to the conversation. And also just to throw this out here, I do have a hard stop at the top of the hour. So just to th throw that out there. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, I just invited, okay, Con, uh, you are, you are here to speak. Welcome. Happy to have you here. Uh, Black. Uh, okay, I think you're referring to me. Uh, my name's actually Chun Li. Uh, but okay, uh, Cohen. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's a lot of people call me uh, calls me by this uh, Cohen. That's that's fine. Uh, okay, I actually um, requested to come out here because of what you say about uh, you know needing to diversify and not just rely totally on uh, Web three income. Uh, and that actually I do have to agree with you. Uh, but also you have to ask yourself what is it that you're looking for. You know, for me, I'm just here for fun. So, but if you're here for income, you have to actually look at the the bigger picture. You have to follow what um, market trends. I don't say market trends, market news. What's going on in the wider world? Because you know, uh, if people are not making money from the the trading side, no one's going to spend money on the art over here. So, uh, you have to really be aware of this. And uh, also, you have to be more careful about when to release. Uh, one-to-ones or additions, you know, for example, before the uh, gas hike, uh, additions were doing really great, right? But look at the, the, the gas prices right now. It's, it's crazy. Who would buy additions right now unless you are really a household name where people say, oh, I have to get one no matter what. But if you're not, uh, just think about maybe put more uh, effort into doing a premium work. And, you know, because sometimes selling one of those could cover whatever you could do by selling additions. But that's that's that. We want to talk about uh, what, what Black was saying about um, putting stuff up in the local galleries, in cafes, wherever. And, and but the thing is, that's always been done by a lot of artists, even before there was Web three. Uh, but you know, over here, because uh, you're connected to the wider world, you can think about maybe partnering with another artist, you know, to get work shown in that your friend's uh, city instead. You know, uh, getting your friend to show in your city, and you know, do exchanges like this. We can do a whole network of stuff like this. It's it's more fun anyway. Uh, what else you can do is, uh, of course, if you have already made um, a tidy sum from this in the previous year, think about um, setting up your own shows. Hey, why not? I know you can look at all or even the traditional art shows. Uh, you know, I've been looking at, let's say, the Swiss Expo right now, and I'm already thinking, okay, if I were to rent um, a booth right there, or what they call a box, uh, how can I do it? And with how many artists? You know, things like that. You can start looking at different shows around the world. Don't just depend on NFT shows because, you know, uh, crypto and blockchain or whatever, is just one of the currencies. We can sell your digital art. You can sell your digital art anywhere using any currency. But, of course, we all here are kind of crazy uh, DGENs without wanting to be called DGENs because we've chosen this ungoverned uh, currency right now. Uh, so, so that's the only difference. It's one of the ways we can... Uh, sell stuff, you know, just, just think about, about the, the bigger picture of things. Don't just tie yourself down into, oh, NFT marketplace, this and that. No, you can also sell merchandise, because I've seen some people doing that already, putting their, their words as prints on t-shirts, on bags and stuff. Just, you know, do whatever. You can do this locally or some online shops or whatever. 
So yeah, um, so whatever Black has said is, uh, I think it's opening a can of worms right there. So anyway, thanks Black and uh, Artifact and guys, everybody. I just want to say that because I need to get out of here as well. I've got to go to another show. Thank you very much. Oh, and hi Ian. Hello, hello. It's lovely to hear you speak. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for your voice. Um, I think we are nearing the end of our spaces. I think we could speak uh, over this uh, over this topic for hours and hours. To but uh, but I think we'll leave that to to a new spaces. I just wanted before sharing the winner of the giveaway. I wanted to give room to uh, to Kayo and Vivart to present a bit. Uh, what is gathered in Carnaby, uh, a piece by, made by Cristiana. And uh, Caio, can you, can you share uh, with us a bit more about this piece? Uh, sure, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tomas, and thank you all for, for being here today. I think I've been longing for a long while to join a space like this, where everyone is just generally chatting about art and with no like real actual second intentions. So yeah, thank you everyone. It's great to be in the discussion. Uh, so yeah, the artwork uh, is actually called They Gathered in Carnaby. Uh, and that's an artwork made by Christiana Williams. Uh, she is an Icelandic artist uh, that has been working with collage uh, creating her artworks in uh, different mediums and most recently NFTs. And that uh, artwork in specific is actually uh, a different version of the mural that she has, uh, I'm not sure if I can say painted, but she, she decorated this whole mural, uh, the Carnaby Street in London. Uh, and so the elements from that mural are implemented in that NFT artwork. So if you actually look close up, close up in the artwork and you see the picture of that mural in the Carnaby Street, you can see that some of these elements are very well placed in the whole uh, overall il illustration. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a very unique uh, and I think very detailed artwork. Uh, but yeah, it looks amazing, really. I, I, I personally, I love it, and uh, and uh, I, I didn't knew Christiana, uh, but I will start following her, and I will, I will start studying a bit more about her work for sure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, and also please let me know how much i can share about the project cuz i also don't really, i don't really want to show show it like like most of people so yeah um no if you want to, if you want to to share uh, the collection of christian i think uh, i think there is uh, no problem you know uh all right thank you thank you thomas so yeah, uh, basically we are uh, launching this collection with Christiana. Uh, she's mainly like a web, a web two artist uh, entering the the web three space uh, right now. And at Vive Arts, we are 
trying to kind of pave that way, uh, building the community alongside her. Uh, we come from uh, mostly working and developing VR experiences with uh, other art organizations around the world, like the Louvre. Uh, we did an experience uh, with uh, the Mona Lisa, uh, where people can see it in the VR. Uh, we worked with Christiana as well on a previous uh, past VR project uh, for Alice uh, in Wonderland called uh, Alice Curioser and Curioser. Uh, and now, yeah, and now we have Heading the Clouds, which is a collection of three drops. Uh, the last one, which is Drifting Skeletons, is launching uh, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you guys are interested, please join us on Discord. And and I'm more than happy to kind of talk to you guys and guide you guys through uh, the collection. Those artworks are going to be going to have for 144 uh, unique editions. And uh, they are all uh, handmade by Christiana. And the minting process is also a bit different than most projects. Uh, when you mint the NFT, when you try to mint the NFT on the Vive Arts platform, you can spin two wheels of chance, and those wheels are going to tell your emotion uh, and personality at the time of the mint. So you can actually get the skeleton that is uh made uniquely with those emotions and emotions and personality so it's a quite interesting interesting mechanic interesting mechanic i i had not seen it before but uh thank you so, thank you kayo for sharing i will take a look to to the work of christiana for sure and um, and we have a winner of uh, of the giveaway um Paco Sant uh, is the winner. Uh, congratulations. If you want to jump in and, uh, and talk, just request it. Uh, I hope you enjoy the work and uh, I hope, uh, well, uh, I hope you all uh, enjoyed the spaces. I think uh, it was a very interesting topic. I wanted to thank Black, Ian, uh, Vivart, Caio, Artemort, uh, everyone that jumped in uh, and uh, spoke and shared their opinion, their voices. I think it's very important. I think it's what makes this space more healthy every day, you know, is all the sharing voices we have here. And, uh, well, thank you very much, everyone. Have a great day, and we see you on the next Spaces. Thank you so much. It's a great conversation as always. Thank you, Black. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Understanding Web3 Art Narratives with Art to Act and Friends. Recorded on Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now.
Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often ate the shrooms Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handing reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is gizzle Kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the lash, letting rhythm scratch Dope shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Two spaces. <laughs>